And with that, ladies and gentlemen, three, two, one, and we are good to go. A very good morning to you, wherever you are in the world right now, tuning into what is going to be the next in our Speakers Inc. We Speak Global Showcase Series. We are in week number four, five, six. I'm not really sure at this point, but we are continuing right here on the speakersinc.com site giving you the opportunity to see the next speaker, the next engager, the next authentic speaker to be part of your next event. It gives me great pleasure this morning to introduce to you a lady by the name of Erin, listen to it carefully and say it after me, Hatsi Costas. Is that not musical? Is that not lyrical? It's gorgeous. She is a former corporate CEO turned professional pot stirrer. Now there is a very, very cool connotation that comes up the minute you say the word pot stirrer. I can't wait for the pot to be stirred. After taking a nine-figure company from fledgling to soaring in just three years, Erin stepped off the corporate ladder to fix what breaks her heart. The abundance of BS in the workplace. It is so true. Just spend five seconds thinking about how much BS you encounter on a daily basis. She is now an internationally recognized leader on the impact of authenticity in the workplace and the founder of Be Authentic Inc. Look that up a little later as well. She's the best-selling author of You Do You-ish, a TED speaker with over 400,000 views, a coach sultant, coach sultant, very clever, and the co-host of the podcast, Because Work Doesn't Have to Suck. I do agree with everything so far. I can't wait to see the talk myself. Her talks have reached hundreds of thousands of people and her thought leadership has been featured on ABC, CBS, and published in Business Insider, Fast Company, Well and Good, among many, many others. The company also recently re released a first of its kind national study on the impact of authenticity in the workplace, finally putting the ROI in the ridiculously obvious idea. She's been pre preaching to be true for so many years. Ladies and gentlemen, it goes without saying that this is going to be a short talk on authenticity, how you need to be authentic. Are you always authentic? How does it work for you? Would you please all help me to welcome the wonderful Erin Hatsikostas. Thank you so much, Dwayne. And like, thank you for releasing me from the most awkward, right? Two minutes. Not only do you talk about me, but I have to stand still and uh, I ha just have to tell everybody that two days ago, I saw Hamilton for the first time. And I know I'm a little bit late to the game, but I literally like I may break out and I'm not throwing away my shot, I'm not throwing away my shot. Like it's so hard to sit still for like weeks. In fact, I'm taking the kids next week. But anyway, so just a couple things before we sort of really get off. The first is, okay, let's admit it. This, like, this is kind of awkward, right? Like, we're on camera, you're like, did I really mean to go to this thing? And I will tell you as much as I prefer to be in the room and stand on stage and look at you in person, here's the best news. Like, this is how I think about a virtual talk. Like, it's, it's just you and me. It's you and me, mano y mano. And it's such a great opportunity to really talk. And I, I, I gotta tell you, I'm not here for performance. I truly am here to get inside your heart and your mind and change your life. So that's number one. And then the second thing is, look, I'm not kidding. I know how hard it is for you to step away for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, roughly how long we're going to be here. It is so hard, whether you're in corporate America or you're running your own business. And I just want to let you know that if you, if you just give me your time and attention for just this little amount of time, 
I know that even if there's just one thing, one thing that I say, I know it can profoundly change the trajectory of your career, your life, everything. And so what I promise to you is I'm, I promise not to make this boring and stuffy. We're going to do, do a little bit of storytelling and do a little bit of whiteboarding. We're going to do some PowerPoint. We're going to do some videos. Like I know how hard it is to keep your attention and I know how hard it is to give up all that you've given up. So that's my promise to you. Okay. Enough of that. So here's the question I want you to ponder as we go through this next 20, 25 minutes. What are you willing to do to have the success that you deserve? What are you willing to do to have the success that you deserve? Now, I don't want you to spend too, too much time on it because it'll, your mind will probably change a little bit when we talk, but that is the question today. So the first thing I wanna do, I wanna tell you how I ended up in a spot that's, I know it's not that dissimilar to you, how I landed in a very similar place that you're in. So it was 1995, I was a sophomore in college, Western Michigan University, and I had dropped out of the engineering program, realized that wasn't for me, and I continued to take math classes because um, I knew how to do math, and my roommate knew I was a little bit lost, like I didn't know what I wanted to do next, and she was a year older, so she was in the business college, and she comes home from class one day, and she like whips open the door like Kramer, and she's like, Aaron, Aaron, I found it. I found the career for you. And I was sort of like, okay, Amy, what is it? She's like, no, no, it's high pay, low stress. Listening. It's called an actuary. Now this was 1996, 95. I had no idea what an actuary was. I couldn't just Google what it was. But in my young, impressionable mind, I thought, this is, this is it, right? This is the best damn profession that I, I could possibly be part of. And she told me, you know, you have to be good at math. And you're the only person I know that's good at math. And so I remember the next day, because I'm all about instant gratification. I remember climbing up, you know, four flights of stairs in my library, like looking for all of these books that told me about this grandiose profession and actuary, except, guess what? There weren't any, except for one. It wasn't even really a book. It was like this five by seven. I remember it was like gray pamphlet and you opened it up and all it said in it was the names of companies, their physical address and the phone number of companies that hired actuaries. That was it. So being at least a little bit big picture smart, I looked at it, I was like, oh, there's a lot of these in Connecticut. Maybe I'll try there. And uh, so fast forward a couple months later, I told a white-ish lie and somehow swindled Aetna into hiring me into their very prestigious actuarial internship program. And if you're not familiar with the actuarial program, there's a series of, of exams that you take to become designated as an actuary. And there's an ASA designation, an FSA de designation, associate sort of and a fellow designation. And in just three years, I actually got my ASA and my FSA. I attempted seven actuarial exams. I failed seven actuarial exams. <laughs> I'm not kidding, didn't pass a one. 
but the, here's the good news. I wasn't a total sloth, right? And I was in this big company. And so I sort of bobbed and weaved my way, much like you have, into new roles and jobs that, uh, you know, highly unqualified to do. And eventually found myself working for a subsidiary company, of Aetna, a company called Payflex. And, you know, things were going great. It was, it was 2015 and I was leading a team of about, about 10 people. So I had strategy, product marketing, small leadership team. And, and then it was a Friday and I got a text from my boss. It was one of those Fridays where I was working from home even back then, right? And I was sort of in that like glide into weekend mode. He texts me, can we talk? So he calls me up and he says, this is a little heavy for a Friday, but I've decided to leave the company and I wanna know if it's okay to recommend you as our next COO. I paused, I replied, no, thank you. Yeah, I said, no, thank you. I mean, raise your hand if, if, if you ever said, no, thank you as well. Now, some of you are like, this is annoying. Let me click out. Here's this chick. I got this amazing opportunity. And she said, no, thank you. So bear with me here. Maybe it wasn't literally no thank you. But have you ever had this feeling like I could do more? I could have more success. I could rise more, but I don't want to compromise. You see, so often we talk about all these other things. And the, the reality is that people don't hate their jobs. They hate the junk, right? The rigmarole, the red tape, the, the rhetoric. And it drives me insane going to conference after conference, especially as a woman. Uh, if you're a woman, you can relate, right? The women's conference after women's conference. And, and so many of these conferences telling you, well, you just need to network. You need to have a sponsor and you need to have more confidence and you need to, you know, find a mentor and, you, and maybe they even tell you, you know, you need to lean in. And we're, we're not talking about the biggest thing that are holding not just women, but so many people back from rising or from doing their best work. And that's that people are burnt out from the BS. Now, does that resonate? I feel like you're still a little bit like, yeah, you know, I don't know. You said you had this bigger opportunity. I would have taken it. I don't really. Let me try to put it to you this way. Okay. So I know you. You think I don't know you, but I know you. But you were that person in school that got the good grades, that did well, that was a go-getter. And then you headed off to college. It's a little scary, right? Because you got good grades, but maybe it was just the school. You had good teachers and, and you went off to college and thought, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. This is bigger than me. But you got into college and you took a class, you took another class. And by the second or third semester, like, this isn't so bad. I got this. And you did well. And then you headed off to your first job and new things <laughs> went through your head. Like, maybe, though now I have to apply this. Like, I don't know anything about insurance. I don't know anything about marketing. I don't actually really know how to use a spreadsheet. I just copied my friends, right? And so you get into this first job and you have these doubts. But you did well because you knew what it took. You raised your hand for other assignments. You, you were probably lucky enough to Google things. You 
put in the extra work and the extra hours, you made the relationships and you started to crush it. But, but then, and this happens to so many people, especially it's like the worst time, just as you're starting to rise, you're also probably starting to have a family and have more obligations. And then all of a sudden, something else happens. First, you start to see all these synergies, right? These synergies start to happen. Like, you know, forgive me, Father, for I have merged six companies in three years and this might not work out, right? And then you have to go into these meetings and you start doing these deep dives. And you're like, I just want to do my work. Well, we got to do a deep dive. And then we got to do deep, another deep dive. We got to do another deep dive. And don't even talk to me about the politics. For us U.S. friends, we know what this is, right? But the politics, the politics, the rhetoric, the fake relationships start to happen. And you start to think, I just want to do my work, but I have to play this game of politics. And then, oh, God, probably my least favorite, the PowerPoints, the PowerPoints. You start doing more. I have a great idea. I have this great idea. But wait, I have to slow down and make really nice diagrams for a freaking PowerPoint, right? And it feels like all along the way, all those great things you're doing, all of a sudden you're wearing this, this costume, right? It feels heavy and it weights you down. And, and sometimes you can't, even, you can't even figure out what your real job is. It's all this other stuff. But then it gets worse, right? Because maybe, maybe you're a woman, Right. And then you got to start walking around in these dang things. You're, you know, these big old heels. Or maybe you're an entrepreneur and you got, you got to do another funnel. Oh, you got to do another funnel. You just want to do great things. We got to get the funnel right. And then all of a sudden you have this great big idea. But it just feels like when you want to hang those beautiful Christmas lights and you can't even untangle them to get there. And then what happens? Somebody's like, well, let's circle around. Let's circle around. Let's circle around. And then, and then somebody says, no, no, what we need to do is we need to pivot. We need to pivot. We need to pivot. We need to pivot. And then all of a sudden, you finally say, okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe if I just lean in. But what happens when you lean in? Nothing good happens when you lean in, when you've got all this stuff. And so here's probably the worst part of it all. All of this is happening to you. It's probably happened to you in the past. It might be happening now. But the worst part of it all is then you look around trying to figure out who's going to save you, right? Who's going to save me? Who's going to save me? And I guess who the only person that can save you is. The person that saves you is you. That's what PowerPoint comes in handy. And so, you know how I told you, I said, no, thank you to that job. Well, he was smart enough and let me think about it over the weekend. And as I thought about it over the weekend, I realized the reason I said no was, was because I was actually worried about having to fit into this mold, right? This sort of like club, this executive club. And in this club, like, was worried my ego would grow and my calendar would overflow and my home life would become a shit show. And my personality 
might even start to blow. I don't want that. But then it hit me. You shouldn't not do something because you hate the way it was done before. Instead, you can do it your own way. So I thought about that weekend and I realized that I could take the job, but I didn't have to write the on behalf of emails. I didn't have to get on a plane every day. I didn't have to, you know, have corporate communications write these fancy emails for me. I didn't have to sell my soul that, in fact, I didn't have to look and act like any of those other executives before. And so I went back on Monday and I said, yes. And I realized that now I would do things, I would have to figure out how to do things my own way. And I'll tell you, I said yes to that COO job. And not only did I say yes to that, but a year later, I became the CEO of that company. And here's why it's so important to you. Because I ended up using, I swear to God, one strategy, subconsciously at the time. Now it's conscious, and that's what I'll make for you. Use one strategy that fueled my entire success. Didn't just let me rise without compromising, but real, bona fide success, results, money, happiness. And that's what I'm here to share with you. Now, I want to ask you, when I say the word authentic, who's the first person you think of? Who is that person that immediately comes to mind? You know, a lot of times I'll hear Michelle Obama, I'll hear my mom, I'll hear a coworker, I'll hear Ursula Burns. I want you to think of, seriously, put down your pen, put down your stuff. When I say the word authentic, who do you think of? And the reason I ask you that question is, I'm gonna talk about a lot of things, right? And I'm hopefully gonna tell it in story and it's gonna to come to life. But there's something so powerful in what I'm about to teach you to then tag it back to that person to, well, first, you know, run it through and see if I'm just making up a bunch of stuff, but also to hopefully instead say, oh my gosh, that is what they do. Check, check, check. So now let's talk a little bit about authenticity. When I say it, and even when Dwayne did the intro, I'm guessing you hear this all the time, right? We need more authenticity. Bring, bring your whole self to work. People need to bring their whole self to work. Be yourself, right? And if you're like most people, you're like, yes. And then you're like, that's so not going to work. It's so not going to work at work. Like, it's not going to work. And here's what's probably happening. I'm going to warn you. You're probably not thinking of authentic. I've, I've spun myself. Got to lavalier. Let's see. Jump rope. There we go. Can you imagine if I go down with this? Okay. So you're probably actually thinking of a word that's not authentic. It's actually a word I call authentic. And the word authentic is basically means bringing your whole poopy self to work, let's say. That's not what I'm talking about here. Authenticity is not actually, sorry to break it to you. Let me be the first to tell you. Authenticity is not simply being yourself. 
It's also not this thing. We get them confused often. Transparency is not authenticity. Actually, the origin of the word is Greek to like Dwayne, right? Hatsikostas is Greek, which I'm so not Greek, but married into. And actually, the root word of authenticity is authentikos. And authentikos actually means three things. It means to be genuine. Makes sense, right? Often used. It also means to be original. And it also means to be authoritative, which I may not have spelled right. It's, you know, being authentic is sort of like being yourself, but being kind of badass is sort of like picture of Joe Exotic and Kamala Harris had a baby, right? Sort of a combination of those two. Can you imagine? And this is so important because when people when I would constantly tell me, you know, we love or we'll miss your authentic leadership, I knew that it was more nuanced. I knew that it wasn't simply like I didn't walk into work like I'd walk into my friend, you know, Jen's pool party, right? There was something more nuanced. And the reality is authenticity is much more complex. And actually, here's the good news. If you're sad about it not being yourself or transparency, it's so much more powerful if you understand these nuances. So ultimately, authenticity really, let me bring up a slide to give you my definition of authenticity, is actually exposing who you are when people least expect it for the benefit of others. Authenticity is exposing who you are when people least expect it, raising the bar, not for yourself, but actually for the other person. And I think this is probably the most important part because being authentic is actually something you do consciously. You, you have to, especially in the workplace, where you buck the norm a little bit. Maybe you tell a story. Maybe you, you rewrite how you do something. We'll, you, know, you expose a humility moment of your, and we'll talk through all those, but you don't do it because it makes you feel good. The power in authenticity comes when you do it because you know it creates immediate connection and trust and a little bit of intrigue with others. Right? If you think about that person that mentioned who is authentic, it's really not about the permission they're giving themselves. It's the permission they're handing over to you by being authentic when you least expect it. Authentic, engaging, and entertaining. I think those really are the three buzzwords that I can take away from that. We were going to ask a couple of questions. Unfortunately, we run out of time, but I am going to Erin say thank you so much for what has been really, really engaging. It's so interesting to listen to. And I'm sure that people online today, if they were looking for the next speaker for their particular event, they found that person now. Authenticity. And by the way, you need to sell those t-shirts. Those t-shirts are amazing. You've got to sell those t-shirts. 
on behalf of Duncan and Bronwyn, thank you so much for being with us today. And all of our guests who joined us, thank you as well. It really is wonderful to have people with us on these calls, to be in the live environment, in the live format, and do what we do well, as authentically as we possibly can. What I am going to do, and before I say cheers, is I'm going to play you possibly the most fake Round of applause you've ever heard, but understand this and please hear me from whence I come. This is going to be a very fake round of applause with all the authenticity in the world. This is for you. Thank you very, very, very much for today. It really was very, who me? Exactly. We have an audience of 400 people in the studio who have enjoyed it tremendously. If indeed you would like to find out more about Erin, please go on to the website speakersinc.com. Make contact with either Duncan or Bronwyn. They will get you all of the relevant details. And by the way, if you have a question for Erin, you might also want to give that to them. They will do the relevant and get that question answered by Erin. Everybody online today, thank you very much for being part of the Speakers Inc. We Speak Global Showcase Series. We will see you again tomorrow with the next of our speakers. And then next week, the week after, where the opportunities keep on coming, the magic keeps on happening. Have a lovely, lovely day, everybody. And we'll see you all real soon. Cheers, cheers.